Hello, Nathan Foster here with the Renovare podcast. Today my guest is Brian Morcon. Brian is a member of the Renovare ministry team, a um, singer, songwriter, fantastic musician, and uh, really fantastic human being. Today we're talking about uh, Mexican tile, its imperfections, and how that uh, gives us a template for uh, the spiritual life. At any rate, uh, thanks for listening and uh, enjoy. Brian, how you doing? Good. Good. Glad to have you. Glad <laughs> to have to you here today. Hey, you said something to me once that stuck in my head, and you talked about people doing tile work. Do you remember this? I do. Could could you share with us that picture? Yes. I'm really glad you asked about that because I've been thinking about the concept behind that uh, a lot lately. Uh, cool. And the, the thing I said specifically with that metaphor, well, it came up at the conference that we were doing yes, together. In Colorado. I was unprepared a little bit, and it was a combination of, of lack of preparedness from me and also some technical glitches that were causing the the slides for the music to be way off. And the person who was directing the conference was uh, apologizing to me at the end of the night, saying she wished things could have gone smoother. And mm-hmm. I said, I liked it. I like when things don't go exactly as planned mm. because uh, it breaks the ice a little bit in, in a room. And if the person up front can be comfortable with it and embrace the imperfection and not be weird and overly apologetic, it mm-hmm. uh, it can ease the the veneer of, of it being a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the analogy that I brought up was one of tile work, and there's hand-laid Mexican tile work that has these intricate designs in it, but it's flawed because they don't use the spacers. They don't use those little plastic white crosses that when you're laying tile on a floor or a wall, you know, at at any hotel or, or most homes, it's used these little spacers. So you've got these perfectly laid tiles, but the, the Mexican tile work, um, is extremely ornate and it takes a lot of skill, uh, but there's no spacers. So it's not exactly perfect. And because of that, it has a greater beauty. Mm, Purposefully. They don't use them on purpose. Right. Right. And somebody who's listening to this may know more about it than I do. I I know very little other than what I've seen, Mm -hmm. but uh, to me that it's, it's more beautiful because of the imperfection mm. you can it feels more human mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the concept i've been thinking about around that is this idea of organic versus inorganic order okay as humans we seem to always be trying to arrange things into an inorganic order so if you 
if you cut an orange in half crosswise mm-hmm. and you look at the slices, there is this beautiful organic order of the cells of the mm-hmm. orange it's and like the a brain that kinda. you yeah. <laughs> Things is very are very orderly, but every orange is slightly different, uh, and all uh-huh, of the cells uh-huh. are slightly different sizes, and um, and it's the same with with the whole world. And nature is full of this beautiful organic order. <laughs> Things that repeat at, at random rather than regular patterns. Trees that are in in a random Mm-hmm. order but mm-hmm. but but there's still there's still order there's still yes there's it still works. boundary it it works whereas you slice an iphone in half you take a cover off an iphone you look at it and every single iphone is exactly the same and mm-hmm. everything is like a a little city uh <laughs> in there and city is a good example of of inorganic order on a large scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Houses all in a row or buildings. Right, that... right. The universe as uh, as a whole, you look at the, the cosmos, and again, there's order, but it's this, it's this organic, random, but in place order. Yes. And I've been thinking about that in terms of the church, how I believe we've, we've pressed uh, towards an inorganic order. Mm. You know what? That's the law. I believe that's mm. law is the is the inorganic order of things having to be perfectly in line. Where organic order is like the spirit, where it's this beautiful, unique order that's still there, but it it ebbs and and flows, mm. and mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. fit together in this mm-hmm. unexpected way of not straight lines and mm. and uh, you know like the edges of the cells and the orange they all they all fit together but everyone everyone's going to look a little bit different yes yes other and so that's that's what i feel like we're hungering for in in the churches how how can we have order it's true all systems progress towards order even though they may start out um you know a single cell as it grows into a human systems take place and and there isn't mm-hmm. there is an order and hierarchy it's not anarchy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's organic it's natural it's mm-hmm, beautiful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh i think that's sometimes why i get so weary and i'm sure i'm not alone it's just the world that we're in and staring at screens all day and <laughs> and and the pressure of living in in a world where you're always having to develop these these systems of of inorganic order mm-hmm. and it's so mm-hmm. so tiring mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's like a life under the law interesting uh, the, the legalism potentially yeah, is an inorganic order. Right. I mean, it's interesting to think of you know like snowflakes all uniquely different. Uh, they don't have to be different. They all could be the same. Yeah. Uh, yet there's could, this uniqueness to it. Right. Right. Yeah. If if we were making them, 
<laughs> it probably would be to crank out this snowflake factory. And, <laughs> and they come down at the same time. And this, you know, um, I, I had a, a few years ago where I got really into landscaping and kind of obsessed with it and began to, you know, rearrange my backyard and plant trees and shrubs and flowers and such. And, you know, you, 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 I got all these books and you study this stuff and it, it you know, you, place these things, you know, so many inches apart and, you know, you kind of try to make everything symmetrical. And that's nice when people do landscaping and it has some, you know, structure and symmetry to it. And then I went out in the woods and 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 looked with that kind of lens of how this was organized. And it's just total chaos. I mean, it, it mm. felt like there's a tree over here, a bush over there, a flower here, there. And um, – but it worked and it was beautiful Right. And, and then I thought, could we create that type of, you know, uh, in our in our yards? You know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, could I, yeah. uh, I, I don't know that I could pull off that beauty in that mm. kind of uh, or, organicness to it. So that's always stuck with me a little bit in, in terms of nature. There's a scene in The Motorcycle Diaries, that movie about Shay. Yeah, I, I read the book. I haven't seen yeah, that. Or, oh, 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 no, I know that one. That where they're traveling. I, I saw right, part of it. Yeah. Right. And there's a scene where he pulls up to the Aztec ruins, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And he's – or maybe it's the Mayan ruins. I can't remember. Mayan, I guess it would be. And he's overlooking the ruins of this beautiful city. Mm-hmm. And then he he looks at the modern city and he's like – we gave up this <laughs> for this? Uh, sure. That's what I, I think about is there has to be a way that we can build these things, like you're saying, in, in your yard in an organic way and, and still to have to retain that kind of beauty mm-hmm. um, and warmth. How does this then play out in life? I mean, I, I love the ideas but what does that then look like practically? Five years ago, we moved to the Charlotte area to take a swim in the charismatic stream, I tell people. <laughs> and part of it for me was to learn this um, spontaneous way of worship and, and to <laughs> not be so judgmental and truly afraid mm-hmm. of people in the charismatic church mm-hmm, mm-hmm. afraid I mean, because doctrine is important and bad doctrine can have serious mm-hmm. life consequences. And mm-hmm. so I think the, the fear for me at least of, of exploring the charismatic church more was that I, I would adopt bad doctrine and it would, it would set me on a trajectory <laughs> of going off the, the deep end. Sure. Um, and as I got into the charismatic church, I found some people who were given over to emotionalism, some people who were maybe playing the game or whatever. But I also found that in order to make room for the real, mm-hmm. for real expressions of the spirit you have to make room for the fake Mm. (laughs) and and so in most churches you shut down both Mm. Mm -hmm. so that you can control things Mm -hmm. 
I, I believe that there there has to be a, a way to to have a structure, uh, but that that allows a, a genuine freedom um, for the spirit to move. Mm-hmm. One of my questions I was thinking about taking a worship leader position somewhere, and one of my questions was. Would the pastor in any circumstance ever not preach if he felt the Lord working mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in worship in a way that shouldn't be stopped? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question. The person honestly didn't know. But I think if I had to guess the answer to that question for most pastors, it would be no. Mm-hmm. There would be never be a time where mm-hmm. the sermon wouldn't go forward mm-hmm. as as mm-hmm. planned. Sure, uh, it's almost inconceivable that the Lord would show up and do something that w- would even make that a consideration mm-hmm. be- beyond our structure of yeah what we've planned to the. I I think I got something here, Brian. Uh, yeah the 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 structure of and and. I'm I'm thinking of a service like a worship service but we probably could extend it beyond other things but the structure is there to serve us we're not there to serve the structure That's good. And I th- That's good. I think this idea that the structure the reason we structure a service is we're trying to be intentional we're working hard we're not we're not being lazy with it um but the whole point of coming together as a worshiping community is to be present before God, and if our structure then keeps us from being present before God, maybe we've become enslaved to yes an idol of sorts, huh? Idol yeah. of control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always that's always our way. God gives us these things for our benefit and for the refreshment of our souls. Sabbath. Mm. Well, your your statement is just a re, rephrasing of. Jesus' statement on Sabbath, and uh, and we we always turn them into into laws and into things that we can manage or do to to be right mm-hmm. or or good or be comfortable or put in our dues or whatever. Mm-hmm. 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 That's good. That's really good. I am st- still looking for that form. Of worship, and even in that statement, you have to be careful because you can be unsatisfied with the current forms, and then go go looking for this new <laughs> new form and and make that the new standard. Uh, but really, it's just a whatever whatever form you choose. It's just about giving the spirit room mm-hmm. to work, being sensitive to what he's doing, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and taking a risk. That there might be people who abuse the freedom. That was it was one of my experience with you know one of the charismatic churches. I was looking around, or somebody was speaking or something, and it it, it seemed a little bit off. And and the pastor was sitting there, and I'm like, how does he allow this? You know, and <laughs> um. And he would correct things when when needed, but I realized he gives people room to fail. Mm. And of course, like there's appropriate context for giving people room to fail. You, you don't mm-hmm. put your kid who's 
you just took off their training wheels um, onto a, <laughs> a a concrete driveway that has a lot of jagged rocks scattered about it. it <laughs> you know, you, you put them in the grass and and you run with them and and you give them that <laughs> appropriate context to fail. But I think a lot of times we're so afraid of people failing or people mm. leaving the church or whatever it may be that we we don't even not, give them an opportunity. Not liking f- us or not mm-hmm. approving of the – Yeah. That's interesting because that's um, – I mean certainly God for one reason or another has chosen to give us room to fail. Immense room. Every evil mm-hmm. we can think of is testament to – to God's willingness to give us room to to fail because he knows that the joy of the succeeding the joy of the redemption mm-hmm. is is worth the the risk yes. of the people who abuse the freedom the joy of of choosing you you chose me you chose to be Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm convinced it's the reason why we exist. <sighs> May have shared this before, but the joy is the ultimate payoff in the end. John 15, Jesus is saying, abide in me. The end is that your joy might be like my joy mm-hmm. so that you can have the kind of depth of happiness that I have, I want you to experience the kind of happiness that I'm experiencing, happiness that you've never known. Mm. And the way to that is to abide with me and to keep my, my commandments. And the potential is there to not abide with him and mm-hmm. to not mm-hmm. and to not keep his commandments and to experience and to cause grievous sadness. Mm-hmm. But he saw fit the the risk reward mm-hmm. ratio or whatever was was worth it. That that the most horrendous act of evil that we can think of, he would w- willingly allow that so that we could experience, we could share in his mm-hmm. joy. So there'd be space for the other, the uh, so, the choosing. Yeah, interesting. Ah, oh, this is this is really good, Brian. I've taken notes. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, um, can we do this again? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for your time.